Hello and welcome to the Wadfam Chalk Pod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. I just, I was like, did that pick up on the mic? And like it did. It was just, just low. Yeah. And slow. If you're going to talk low, turn your gain up. That's uh, right. My bad. <laughs> oh, I don't care. I'm just. Not accommodating for that volume because yeah. I don't, don't sit there for yeah, very well, long. Yeah, th- 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 that's exactly it, is there's a reason Andrew's gain is at zero. Yep. <laughs> it's quite unfortunate. I-, I don't know what path I went down in life that made me, uh, like, have a loud voice, but I really do, and it's really unfortunate, because it's incredibly impractical. Yeah. I mean, my voice just carries, which is equally problematic, if not more so. Yeah, yeah. Well, my voice can get, I can get, like, really, really loud. Like, from soccer, I got really, really good at just yelling loud. But my bass vocal volume is still way too high to be (laughs) recording a podcast, at least. Yeah. Anyways, we're talking about episode 618, The Other Side of the Glass, part three. Uh, Once again, written and directed by Paul McCusker and originally airing May 26th of 2007. This, this is, okay, from the top, this is a very good episode, I like it, it's, it's a, it felt a little bit like the falling action, you know, where, like, I felt like the pace of this episode was a lot slower, yeah. or because it was the conclusion. Yeah, okay, yeah, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. The ending was surprisingly long and drawn out for an Odyssey three-parter. Yes, that is very much the case where, like, everything wraps up really quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like they planned everything in the previous episode, and now they just, like, quickly act out the plan, mm-hmm. and then the episode, like, is... And then they're just tying up loose ends and talking about things. Mm. But, like, I like it. It yeah. is more comedic than the last one. Yeah, Not quite the sure. heights of the first one, but like... Nothing can be. It's good. Oh, it's man. So good. The bush gag is... Oh, it's... They, it's incredible. We need to just get into it, please. Yeah. Well, um, do we do cast now? Yes. Yeah, the only the only, uh, the only cast thing we have is... Corelli is, like, trying to, like, tie up all the loose ends mm-hmm. there. He's talking to someone to, like, shred all the papers, and that's Kathy Buchanan. Okay. And that's literally the only cast member for this episode that we haven't already talked about nice and yeah always like to see kathy buchanan make a make an appearance oh yeah big fan big fan yeah. also uh this is the 200th paul mccusker episode as far as his writing credits go do you think he was like conscious of that when he was writing it i i think maybe him coming back and writing a three-parter yeah th- after having been off the show for three years this was like an actual move, but it could also just be fun coincidence. Like the other thing is mm-hmm. like, were they aware when they did this Power Boy kind of superhero-y show that it started on episode 616, which Uh-oh. is like the canon Marvel universe for the comic books. Yeah. 616 is Marvel's version of DC's 52 mm-hmm. as far as like being a really important number. And so like, it's kind of like, it's a fun coincidence that these kind of comic booky episodes have start with 616. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's just pure coincidence. Man. Whereas I think like the Paul McCusker thing is maybe on purpose. Okay. But yeah. like, who knows? Who knows? If you know, write at us. Write, yeah. write to us. Yeah. All right. So yeah, with the kind of contexty stuff there off the top. Uh, oh, I guess it's the last... Uh, episode on the moment of truth album if anybody cares um yeah so i mean okay so this episode obviously picks up right where the last one left off and the last episode really established the the actual problem so like we had the answer in the first episode of where the you know where is this mark coming from and they traced it back to the factory and some problems that were there and then last episode we like found out that oh the factory itself is the problem and there's these weird labor practices and this episode is just nuts. So last episode ends with Wooten getting kidnapped, right? Essentially. Yes. Yep, he is in the woods talking with Joseph. Yeah. And Henderson grabs him. Yeah. 
And so Henderson then takes him to... Back to the factory? Yes, to a meeting room in the basement. Yeah. Because Wooten's got this whole thing about, like, oh, oh like, I really like your secret... Well, I really like your secret lair. You've disguised it up really nice to look like a meeting room in a basement. Yeah. And Henderson goes, that's because it is a meeting room <laughs> in the basement. Yeah. Um, and then and then he, like, leaves, and Wooten's like, oh, I see what you're doing. You're going to leave me down here to, like, stew with my thoughts and become intimidated. Yeah. And then he proceeds to, like, vocalize himself Slowly stewing with his yeah. thoughts yeah. and being intimidated. Like, I, I, love, I love him being aware of, like, tropes and plot structure. Yeah. It's really, really fun. Well, and the thing is, Wooten is the kind of person that is just ruthlessly self-amused. Yes. And and as somebody that I think that you relate for, to this as well, where, you know, I say jokes mostly for myself, more so than really anybody else. Right. With the exception of, like, if it's an inside joke or it's a reference, then it's for, like, one person. Right. Um, oh, the joy of making a reference that you think you know one person would get and then a second one gets. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I guess we're all friends now. Euphoria. You're just like, whoa. Look at this hit of dopamine I got. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, and then in the middle of Wooten's spiraling and, and monologuing, uh, Mr. Corelli shows up. Yep. Um, and Wooten, like, jumps. Mm-hmm. Very, very startled by the whole thing. And he's like, all right, Wooten, we got to talk about Joseph. Mm-hmm. Um, Joseph is crazy, according to Corelli. Right. So yeah, he he he's like he's like yeah, Joseph's just like essentially like this radical who's trying to like stir things up, and he's yeah. like you know everything we do here is for the good of the community and for his own good. Yeah. Um, well, okay, so he does. I want to talk about the argument that he makes because Corelli is kind of showing his hand and explaining what's going on. He's talking about Joseph, um, and he's talking about the working like the work practices. And Wooten's like, well, I mean, it looks kind of sketchy, and he's like, they're local people. It's a friendly place. Um, yep. They're, you know, they're local people, and, and there's hundreds of families that are dependent on it. And and um, and Wooten's like, well, what about all these other, you know, uh, bad labor practices that Joseph was accusing you guys of, like getting rid of their passports, trapping them, paying them, like, next to nothing? And he's like, oh, he's just crazy because his parents died. And this right. kid's just, like, tripping well, out on PTSD and depression at never ending like that's yeah that's his argument yep well there's also the point when they're talking about this where like corelli does acknowledge that like what they're doing is under the table yeah he's like yeah we're shipping them in there they want to work Mm -hmm. but they aren't allowed to sometimes i think our laws should be illegal (sighs) yeah Uh uh-huh I mean, this isn't the show for foreign policy, because I don't know anything about that, but (laughs) (laughs) we're going to leave it with that. (laughs) Um, And yeah, and then he's like, like, Wooten, like, if you keep investigating this, like, we're going to have to shut down that shift Mm -hmm. and hundreds of families won't have jobs anymore. Yeah. Yeah. and then Wooten's like, well, well, you know, what What can you tell me about Freddie C? Mm-hmm. And this is when he's like, look, Joseph lost all of his family in a car accident. It has, like, yeah, messed with his mind, and he mm-hmm. now has, like, delusions of grandeur. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, like, do you know where Freddie C even comes from? Mm-hmm. His name is Joseph Frederick. Joseph Fredlick, Frederick Corelli, in fact. He's my nephew. Dun, dun, dun. And, uh... Depend- well, dep- depending on how on how the last episode was edited, this is the big secret I'm trying to keep Andrew away from in the cast credits. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get it. Because, because it's insane that the wiki just lists under the cast. There, there's been a couple different points where I'm like, I wish that they would just... I wish that in an episode, they would only credit the person as what they are referred to in that episode. Mm-hmm. And then if you clicked on the link, it would link you to more information about their character. Mm. But the fact that when we meet 
Joseph last episode, you can scroll down and see Joseph Frederick Corelli is how he's credited. Yeah. And um, you like the you might not be able to put Freddie C together out of that. Yeah. But you can definitely put together he's oh Corelli. Corelli that matters. Yeah. So, yeah, I had to I had to really fight to keep keep Andrew in the dark last episode. Um. It worked. It's very easy to keep me from not knowing things. <laughs> but it is hard to keep you from looking at things. That's true. <laughs> Caught you looking at the cast a couple times. Just once. It was just once. I was on the wiki. Okay. After that. Yeah. You know. But, you, but not looking right. at the cast. Um, yeah. This is, at this point, um, Wooten asks politely to leave. Yep. In the most adorable way. Like, Wooten is, oh, he's so... He's so cute, this episode. I, For lack of a better word, he's just adorable. He's like, can, can I go now, please? And Corelli's like, yeah, of course. And I was like, you got kidnapped. That worked? Right. Like, what? It is, it, I, it is weird. It's essentially like uh, pull him in and tell him to, like, back off. But, like, they don't threaten him other than saying, like, hey, these people won't have work anymore. Yeah. Um. It's, yeah, it's an well, interesting strategy. And here's the thing. So I think it's an important strategy because it shows that he genuinely doesn't believe what they're doing is really morally that wrong. Or at least he sold himself mm. on that. Oh, that's not true because he starts blabbing everything later. Okay. He definitely, he definitely n- believes that what they are doing is wrong, but yeah. is also like, it's making me money. Yeah. And I am a smooth talking villain yeah and he can, gonna, he can like manipulate yeah. yeah yep if he had been more aggressive and been more of a bad guy i think that would have elicited a response instead he played incredibly likable and was like listen this isn't about you or me this is about uh, the hundreds of people that i employ and you know i assure you that this is better than you think it is it's not completely legal you're right but you know it's 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 for the good of everybody. Yeah, that that is not that is not his actual take though. No, not at all. Um, and then we get weird jaunty transition music. Yeah, that is atonal because we go from that scene, which is not light, to another scene that is, is not, not light. light. Yeah, and so it's like except why did they... for the pickle joke. No, but the pickle joke. The pickle jokes in the scene after this. Oh, the next scene is Joseph. Having yeah. fled the kidnapping of Wooten, shows up at um at Montoya's uh, shop again, and, and diner is it the same building? I I don't understand. Mo- maybe Montoya is just the diner, and whatever the Aberforths or whatever is the is the repair shop, Ableton's. Yeah, it was something something like that. Not important. Three syllables started with an A. I don't care. Um, don't, don't tweet at me about Albatross. That <laughs> um, yeah. And anyways, and so, and so now Montoya's being like all chummy with Joseph and Joseph's asking if he can use Montoya's computer and he's like, uh, no, that's not going to work. And then Henderson grabs him. Yep. Um, yeah. And he, and he apologizes. He's yes. like, I'm sorry. You know, you can't use my computer anymore. And he's like, why can't I use your computer? You always let me use your computer. And he's like. Well, because I'm, I'm sorry for turning you turning you over. Yep. And then, you know, Henderson busts in. And this big yep. bad guy and takes I, Joseph, presumably I, picking him up by his arms. Yeah, no, that is that is definitely the picture. I just, I love, I love that there is one henchman for this, for this company. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like he, it's, I mean, yeah. he works 24-7. The guy makes bank, clearly. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then we jump to a scene wherein... Uh, Wooten is catching Bernard and Wit up on everything, mm-hmm. and we get a delightful exchange in which Bernard says, "This is a real pickle." Yeah, <laughs> and Woot, what, is it Wit or Wooten? Wit's like, "Yeah, it's a, it's a problem, all right." Yeah, it's like, "No, no, no." I mean, the it's a real pickle. It tastes great. Yeah, where did you find them? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to which I like. I just love the mental image of Bernard sitting there snacking on pickles. Right, it's great. Pickles are a great snack. I think pickles I am are not a, a pickle fan. But. What? Yep. Okay. I think that they're I think they're underrated and this is why, right? They're incredibly flavorful. If you like the flavor, 
a good I'm not pickles a vinegar are really guy. Good. So yeah, well, just get like dill. Like they're they're still really vinegar. No pickles, and they're super low in calorie. Because they're like 90% water and vinegar, which has yeah. no calories. And they're high in potassium? What's... High in potassium yeah. and sodium. Tons of electrolytes because oh, it's cucumber. Oh, yeah, good. And you need, you need that salt. Yep. It's, oh, I mean, I'm not above drinking pickle juice. I've done that on many occasions. I so... did it before I had pots. <laughs> Oof. Um, and so then then uh it's kind of like okay so like what do we do like do you guys mm-hmm. trust corelli and bernard and and wooten are both like no yeah the man has too much nostril hair yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> what okay i'm glad that we're gonna touch on this because then bernard replies it's like he shoved two mice up his nose <laughs> Dylan, you're the only person in my life who's ever commented on my nostril hair. <laughs> oh gosh, I don't remember this. I feel bad now. It's traumatized I me. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, I have no recollection of this. I'm it was sorry, since we buddy. started the podcast, yeah. Okay. Was it pre- It was pre pre, pre- nose ring? Yep. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh no. I mean, septum I it, the truth is I I'm I'm a hairy individual. Nose hair is has always been a problem for me. I try to stay on top of it. Septum helps. Don't know how, but it does. There you go. So, uh, so what you're saying is that Leonard Corelli needs a septum piercing. Yes, what I'm saying. All right. <laughs> Someone draw that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's put our Odyssey fan artists on this. <laughs> please don't. Um, <laughs> so, please, I beg you. Please just, don't do it. Just do make better choices. Two, two uh, mice. <laughs> Of his nose. And a septum piercing hanging. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. Yeah. I'm also, I'm picturing the, uh, the giant nose from the cover of Out of Control. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The nose with, like, normal human legs. Uh-huh. From a BTV sketch, I believe. Yeah. Oh, man. That is iconic. That nose... Mm-hmm. You never forget that nose. It's Connie screaming and pointing, and there's just a nose with legs. Yeah. <laughs> Which, we digress. Yeah. Wit wants more evidence. Um, well, I mean... Well, oh, they were right, more, more than just the nostril hair. Yeah. <laughs> Wooten also is, like, then talking about, like, trying to go back and, like, get surveillance of the nostril hair. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a long, funny, extended bit. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, but then... Wooten's just like, or which is just like, okay, so like, do you trust Joseph? And Wooten's like, yes. He used the Power Boy symbol for help. And it's like, good enough for me. Yeah. I mean, it's the right decision. No, it's the right decision. And you know that Wit is so, like, Wit is so giddy to be a part of this exchange. You he know is. that he's just, like, teetering on the edge of, like, okay, well, tell us that we're going to do this because I want to do this. Yeah. And, like, I think, I think part of the point is that he's he trusts Wooten, mm-hmm. not necessarily the Power Boy symbol for help. Yeah. yeah, but like Wooten's been following his instincts this whole time, um, and Wit is trusting that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, so then then we uh, we cut to them staking out the factory. No. Oh. No, we don't. We're oh. missing a line here. Very oh. important. We're going to need camouflage. Yes, right. <laughs> Essential how line. how else would we know that Bernard and Wooten are dressed as shrubberies, which I can't tell if the costume is really good or, like, absolutely pathetic, like somebody just, like, duck twigs to them and, like, duct tape them. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, these seem involved. I've listened to this episode twice, and each time I spent, like, a, yeah, the entirety of that scene just, like, debating how good are these costumes. Yeah, it is. Oh, man. I I, I, I love this. I love this bit. Oh, yeah. And then That's Wit's, so... like, they're complaining about the costumes, and Wit's, like, yeah, I guess they didn't have a shrubbery in my shop. No, no. I, well, because Bernard's like, so so why are Woot and I the only one dressed as bushes? And Wit says, well, they just didn't have a plant in my size. Oh, that's it. That's <laughs> Which it. I think is really funny. Yeah. It's... But there's 
Yeah. So they're scouting out the factory from mm-hmm. a new location on a hill. Mm-hmm. There are guards hanging out in the parking lot where they were, where they, they had been in the previous night. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a little bit of concern of like, oh, like, are the people going to be there? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, well, it looks like if they're guarding that, then they must be concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, then, uh, then we get this great exchange where um Wooten tells Bernard that the foliage really brings out the green in his eyes. Yeah. And he responds by saying that he'll have to incorporate more shrubbery into his outfits. <laughs> yeah, it's so nice. Oh man. Oh. <sighs> Oh. And, like, that, the best part is that's the reveal that they are dressed it's as bushes. Yeah, that is the reveal. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, the wit thing. No, but that, that comes afterwards. Oh. They first set up with the foliage really brings out the green in your eyes. <laughs> I thought I thought it was the other way around. Okay, that nope. makes sense. No, yeah, yeah. it's, uh... And so they're, so they're watching from this hill. They're seeing, they're wondering if they're going to call it off. Like, if they're not going to have people come in tonight um, because, you know, they're kind of hot on their scent. Then they see everybody surveilling the parking lot where they had been sitting the night previous. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, well, this is, you know, this bodes well because clearly there's something worth protecting, which means they're going to bring the workers in. Yep. And then, dun-dun-dun-dun, I see them loud and clear, Wooten Bassett spots. Or no, no, Bernard. Before that. Oh, Agent Hayward Agent shows Hayward up. Agent Hayward shows up, yeah. Um, and explains that he is off duty. And he's like, guys, like, did you really think I was going to let you come out here alone? And they're all like, yeah. To which, as That's a listener, I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> None of us expected to see Hayward here. And so it's really fun. But, like, now it makes sense. Sure. But, yes, then we do. Then the trucks start to pull in. And we do get the Wooten line of... I see, I see them, them loud, loud and clear. clear. Oh no! Um, well, and then there's a Bernard makes a joke about his binocul- binoculars. So Bernard said they Wooten asks, or they're like, can you, or Wit says like, can you see that Bernard? And he's like, no, I left my surveillance binoculars in my other greenery. There it is. <laughs> I knew that it was greenery was the punchline. Yep, the punchline. <laughs> And so, uh, and so then, like, the fact that Bernard can't see mm-hmm. gives the excuse for Wooten to just audibly narrate the entire thing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's so good. No, I it's a great it. plot device. Because, like, Wooten does play this, like, very larger-than-life character, especially in these arcs, where it's, like, he's... Because it's in his character to write comic books, he is what makes it a comic book thing. And so by him narrating it, it kind of plays into that trope of, like... You know, you're reading a comic book and there's the narrator panels of being like, oh, and, you know, the escape begins. It's, yeah. It's so good. Yep. Uh, It's great. Uh, We then... So they see a bunch of people. So they see them come in. I hear them loud and clear. And we get... No, 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 I see them loud and clear. Yeah, I see them loud and clear. You uh, said the right thing. (laughs) For once. Um, And then we get the the best bit, the, the... we're gonna do some more waiting and still a little bit more waiting and if we're we're okay we're gonna do a little bit more waiting and here they go (laughs) and then uh which as a listener i was like okay he's narrating this is great whoa wooten is going hard into this bit was that written i mean i imagine so but it's real fun i mean it's it's really fun i wonder if that's a that sounds like some improv ish yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much of a role improvisation plays on Adventures in Odyssey. That would be a really interesting to talk, thing to talk about if we ever talked to someone who like worked on the show. Yeah. Um. It's yeah. I that is a writer, genuine. Perhaps? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, writer or director. I feel like they'd both have cast member insight into that. Yeah. Even then. Um. Anyways, so then then we have um. Yeah, then then Henderson is seen dragging Joseph inside, mm-hmm. and Wit turns to Hayworth and he's like, "Okay, like is that enough? Like, can we do something?" And and Hayworth's like, "Yep, you guys stay put, and then like we cut, and the police have surrounded the place." Yeah, and it's like incredible, and I love it that like Wit Bernard and Wooten all just, like, take the sidelines. Yeah. And also Hayworth is like, yeah, 
the police are going to handle this. Mm-hmm. You civilians stay up here. Like, it's, he's so much more responsible than, like, Borland yeah, being yeah. like, yeah, absolutely. Like, everyone <laughs> can come on this, like, you know, me it's busting down the door. basically. We're yeah. fine. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so then the, the police have surrounded the building and are approaching with a battering ram. Yeah. And Wooten's still narrating. Um, the the police rush in, people are fleeing, mm-hmm. and then in the middle of all this pandemonium, Henderson comes out the side door with Joseph, mm-hmm. and um, and Wooten's not. Yeah. Or like, and and Wooten sees it, and none of the police do. Yeah, because he's so yeah. Joseph and um and Corelli sneak out, obviously. Yep. So the police don't see them. Wooten's like, it's actually I'm- Henderson, not Corelli. Oh, you're right. You're but. Right. Um, Wooten's like, I gotta get down there. I gotta stop right. them. This road, like, will drop me right in front of them. I can jump out in front of them. Or, well, presumably that's what he does. And then Wit and Bernard run to, chel- to tell um, name of officer. Right. What's his name? Hayworth? Hayworth, there it is. So, so this is an interesting thing that I am not, that's not clear in the episode because this isn't something that odyssey normally does in their editing but we go from that to like we go we go from henderson coming out of the side door to then a scene well so then um wooten runs after them Mm-hmm. tells Wit and Bernard to meet him in the meeting room. Wit explains everything to Hayworth. Yeah. We then go to Corelli. Nope, Mr. Walton, you've got to get out of that bush. That, fair <laughs> we, enough, fair enough, fair enough. We need to hit all the bush jokes. Yep. Oh, oh another bush joke we missed. Agent Hayworth told them told them to change because they would ruin his credibility. Yes. Very good. Um, but really so, really carrying up the police yeah <laughs> keep track of the bush jokes i i like it so so the thing the thing here is that the way it plays out it is it almost seems like this is a jump back in time it does where wooten it sees them exiting the building mm-hmm. and runs down the hill towards them mm-hmm. the only thing i can think of is like maybe there's a separate warehouse and like office building yeah so they exit the office building or they exit the warehouse go to the office building but then so we get a scene of corelli and um joseph and henderson down in the basement and this is where kathy buchanan's person comes in Mm -hmm. and they're shredding papers and kind of freaking out and then like why wouldn't they take all of that stuff with them uh, I don't because they don't they don't need the information. Oh, okay. Um, and so then, then they exit all three of them together and go to the car. Yeah. So the thing I'm unclear of is kind of how that happened. That how that all happened logistically, and like, so yeah, like so... they did they just go to the? Is it a separate building? They walked out. They went to the office. Mm-hmm. They talked to Corelli. Then they go to the car. And during that time is when Wooten's going running down the hill. Yeah. Or did this happen prior? It sounds like it I don't think it the, can happen prior. I was gonna say it, it comes across to the listener as something that happened in the past, or kind of like a meanwhile. You know, this is happening. Right. Um, right. But so Odyssey like never really simultaneous. Like that. See, that that's the thing is I didn't think about it until that point. But Odyssey, and I think because to a level like you have to do it as an audio show, yeah. it is so linear mm-hmm. that it's weird if that was intended as a jump back. Yeah. But it's also weird if like Wooten's running down the hill and they go into another building and then they come out and get in a car and start yeah. driving and then Wooten reappears. Yeah. Both things are weird. You know, for a show that depends so much on like linear understanding, it does not follow time well. Yeah. Like there's no like for for it being a a medium that is so bound in the, you know, the listener being able to connect the dots and like imagine what's going on and when it you can't do that much you can understand the scene and what's happening but like 
especially because the timeline is so vague and locations and stuff like that it's it's hard yeah it'd be one thing if this was a building that we had seen before you know say it was like right and right and the problem with this is we're getting wooten's play-by-play and we're seeing it all and if it was being told visually it would be much easier to track with Mm -hmm. the sequence of events here yeah but it seems either like it was poorly scripted and that we don't understand quite what's happening Mm -hmm. or it was poorly edited and they should have just put that scene in there first the fact that Adventures in Odyssey has never just, like, stripped all of the vocals from episodes and made a TV show out of it is very surprising to me. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Because hypothetically, they could make a show out of pretty much any era of Odyssey. Yeah, but this is, I mean, that's that's way more expensive. That's fair. Um, And they, like, have a good niche here that no one else is really, like, there aren't too many audio dramas and they're incredibly successful with what they do yeah so yeah i don't really know how it would play out to try and do something else but yeah it is it is just yeah it it sticks out so much because it's a rarity Mm -hmm. because this show is so well constructed well sound engineered well scripted this sticks out as being like huh I can't quite follow the sequence of events here, and that never happens. Yeah, exactly. That's so. That's more so it what is I'm a saying. right. So it is a yeah. testament to the show yeah. that this, like, truly, I can only think of like one other time during our coverage for like two years now, where we were like, that, like, I, I can't quite track what's going on, mm-hmm. and like, that's awesome. So, anyways. Not not a big complaint, but just like a weird thing. Yeah, no, you definitely. But I'm I noticed it well, so or as well. So like yeah. it's worth mentioning. Um, and then uh, yeah. Oh, uh, Corelli threatens Joseph, saying, "You be good, or I'll forget you're my nephew." Yeah. Um, as they drive Ooh. away in the car. Um, <laughs> I can't quite tell if that means he's going to kill him or just disown him. I think I think it's truly a I am cutting you slack currently because mm-hmm. you're my nephew. Yeah. If you keep this up, you will not get cut any slack. Mm. That that makes a lot of sense. It comes across as yeah, you're on my you're on thin ice type situation. Right. Which is yeah, I mean he is. And so yeah, then uh then Wooten leaps onto a moving vehicle dressed as a bush. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that's a powerful image. And also, is he jumping down from a tree? I don't think so. I think he's. I think. I think. I genuinely think he's in front of the car Mm -hmm. and then jumps up onto it. Okay. Because of like the way they talk about it, of like a what's that, and then we hear the thump. Yeah, I'm thinking this is a pretty good costume. I'm thinking this is like yeah, like some sort. Oh, there there are branches involved. Yeah, because uh the uh they turn the windshield wipers on to try and get him off. Yeah, and he goes, oh, it's tickling my branches. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. I'm, I'm guessing some little theater stuff. I cannot imagine how you are hanging on to like. It's so hard to hang on to a moving car, period. Yes, yes. And you are dressed as a bush. Yeah. In the middle of the night. Jeez. And these people are, like, out to get you. And he's also not a particularly fit fellow. Yeah, apparently not. Because he's and, he's too fat to be a cop. Yeah. Um, which, wow. Yeah. And then... And then Henderson slams on the brakes at uh, Corelli's recommendation. And he goes flying off. And you're like, oh no, they're going to get away. But the police sirens go on. It worked. And Wooten did it. He stalled them just enough um, that they could, uh, yeah, that they would be apprehended. So, well done, Mr. Bassett. Do you think this outfit would look good with a cape? That's from later. But I feel like now's the time to mention it. (laughs) And so, uh, yeah, they are then kind of doing the the re- recap afterwards mm-hmm. and Wooten describes the experience as better than the triple snake turbo thruster at the Connellsville fair. 
I wonder if they have the triple snake turbo thruster at Old West Fun World. No, they said it's at the. He says it's at the Connors. I Fair. know, but maybe they have multiples. Andrew, let That's me fair. live this life. <laughs> I'm okay. with I want to call back our second episode. Is that really what it's from? Yeah. Wow. Yep. Wow. Interesting. Fred Herring. Huh. Also makes an appearance in episode 579. Always. But uh. Old West Fun World. How about that? We we that was like a running joke for us early on in the show. Yeah, that was like one of our wow. Yeah, there's some there's some nostalgia there. Yeah, it's alongside like, like, like Campbell an University and yep. Novacom Kids Center. Yep. Uh, old West Fun World. Old West Fun World. No, there was other ones. There was another one that was really good. I feel like it was. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, um, and so uh. <laughs> So they, uh, yeah, uh, Hayworth. Do you have a bucket on your head? I do not. That's the joke. I remember well done, it. Andrew. <laughs> um, uh, and so, so yeah, Hayworth, um, is then, like, Joseph's gonna be put into protect- protective custody. Mm-hmm. They kind of do, like, the wrap up dialogue here. Yeah. Um, there was an inter- was it agent Hayworth that's kind of explaining it to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he also explains that there's like, and yeah. So this is this is I guess. So sorry, that scene then ends with Hayworth taking Joseph into protective custody. Yep. So then I, then we go to a scene that I think is just at wit's end mm-hmm. of like the three of them catching up and then Hayworth filling them in on stuff. Yeah. And he explains that um that these people like did like come truly come here to work in good mm-hmm. faith and Corelli double crossed him that he was involved in an international network that was bringing these people into the country um with then asks what's going to happen with the workers and i wish we got a more clear answer yeah. from from hayworth he's just kind of like uh like the community leaders are are, are working on that yeah he basically um, is like super vague and he's like the community leaders are going to handle, you know, getting these people settled and housing and stuff, which essentially just implies they're going to get a bunch of social workers to help them get through whatever they need to get through, get them hooked up with housing services and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, yeah, it, it seems like things are going to go well. And they, he brings up that the president of Seawright is committed to like mm-hmm. keeping, like keeping them on and like navigating that whole yeah. thing. Um, which I was at that point, I was like, wait, Corelli wasn't, wasn't the, the president. president? Yeah. And then I looked it up on the wiki and he's just listed as a manager. <laughs> so somehow the president didn't know about like all the illegal workers overnight. He's just a really great manager. But yeah, <laughs> apparently. Um, and so, uh, profits are at an all time high. Right. Cause we and we're have not secret we're slave cutting, labor. Right. We're, <laughs> there's he, a lot of money that's just like not going to paychecks, but disappearing. Yeah. Who knows? Um, and so... But it's all anyways, going to pay that one guy. <laughs> that one guard. Yeah. And there is also a hint that, like, uh, maybe the president is involved, but they just mm-hmm. can't nail him down on yeah, it. Yeah, And he does seem like he's going to try and do the right thing. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, he goes on to explain that uh, Joseph is with, is with a foster family. Um... But, uh, yeah, Hayworth does arrange for Wooten to go see him. Yeah. Um, and that's... It's so sweet. That's our final scene of the episode, mm-hmm. is this great exchange between Joseph and Wooten, where Wooten's just kind of like, hey, like, so why the whole thing with Freddie C? And Joseph's like, well, you know, if I'm the secret identity, Freddie C is, like, the superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I... And then Wooten asks about the glass, and he's like... Joseph explains, like, he put that symbol on the glass not knowing that it was going to be found, mm-hmm. but just like kind of as, like, bottle. something to do. Yes. And I got a, I did that once, and I got a fine for littering. Yep. That is Wooten's quote, not Andrew. Nope. Um, no. Never gotten fined for littering, although there have been times where I should have been. Sorry. <laughs> this is a safe oh. space for me to be honest, right? Maybe? Uh-oh. Sure. Um, cancel, Andrew. Chalk squad um <laughs> he's littered <laughs> that's the thing that's gonna drive <laughs> yeah. the listeners away um 
And then, uh, yeah, Wooten's like, no, like, Joseph, you didn't need Freddy C to be a hero. Like, you're a hero. Mm-hmm. You know, anyone who fights for truth is a hero. Yeah, that's um, in the, what is the Power Boy Code of Conduct or something yes. like that? And then Chris goes on to explain in the outro that it's also in the Bible. Yeah. Um, the thing, the thing I was, I was like, wait, does this happen in this episode? And I think, no, I think it, I think it's something that happens in, like, a Grady thing. Mm-hmm. Um but where I was like, I really wanted Wooten to then hand hand Joseph a Power Boy comic that in some way referenced Freddy C. Yeah. And him just being like... I kind like, of presumed and, that that was how that was going to end. And Joseph just being like, oh, like, how would you pull that off? And him just being like, oh, like, I... You know, I I have I have connections or whatever. Yeah, I and think like, I've, I've heard that episode. Yeah, and I was gonna say I think that that is a different episode that I'm confusing here, but it did feel like they were really building to that. Yeah, it really did. Like, oh, he's in the you know he has a new mentor. I yeah. Yep. Both times listening through, I I was like kind of yeah. Like, is, is there gonna be a Power Boy thing here? Like, but but no. Um. And yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. But no, because it, it ends in a really great way, yeah. which is them, uh, well, running around doing an obstacle course that I don't have written down because it's very long. And but they they have to balk like a chicken, right? Yes, they have to they have to squawk like yep. a chicken, and the winner gets free ice cream. Yep, and that's that's where it goes out on. Does Joseph have money? Like, what happens if Wooten wins? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe his foster parents buy it, or maybe Wooten is going to let him win regardless. Yeah, that would be the smart thing to do. Yeah, I don't know if I'd have that kind of restraint. Um. Yeah, and so that's that's the episode. What'd you mm-hmm. think of this three parter, Andrew? It was weird. I liked it a lot. <laughs> it was really great. It was. You put it really well in the sense that like this is the closest that Odyssey gets to being a, like a procedural cop dramedy you know yep. um and i really like that uh because i like procedural cop dramedies and all the comic book flair and you get a lot of wooten and you get a lot of good wooten you know like mm-hmm. sometimes i feel like the wooten being the class clown the butt of every joke right. thing is kind of his is yep. the role he plays right he and can he can be a little too harlow doyle sometimes yeah, yeah where it's like oh like like, Bernard is a joke machine, but mm. he matters as a character. Yeah. Harlow is a joke machine, and that's it. Yeah, and he's and, allowed to be a, the butt of every joke, whereas Wooten's right. a character. And, right, and, but Wooten, depending on who's writing him and what the episode needs, can just be pure comic relief. Mm-hmm. But then, with stuff like this, and stuff like when he takes Connie to the fair, and, yeah. like, we definitely get our fair share of Wooten being, like, a fleshed out character. Who well, is, he's like, a, I mean, Wooten and Penny and Eugene and Katrina are like kind of the foundation of Odyssey now. Okay. Like they're very um, plot centric characters. Interesting. Because it's kind of like they're young families and, and you know. Um, we got to focus on them. Yeah. <laughs> but, but focus on me. I cannot, cannot believe that I have only made that joke, joke like a hundred episodes in yeah yeah you've got to really focus i mean we could have made that joke before who knows but I wouldn't have no way of knowing um not like we don't have all of these stored on your high drive yeah still i'm not listening to them all again nope um there there's also so we we uh yeah i've, I've got a little bit to talk about then from uh the guide stuff that Go for uh, it. paul mccustrow wrote in addition to the guide listing as these episodes taking place in greensboro north carolina which is endlessly hilarious to me <laughs> um we also have um yeah a, a really nice thing that paul mccusker writing about like coming back after three years he wanted it to be a bernard walton mystery um, but kind of played around with some different ideas. They talked about the episode at one point beginning, and this is like an entirely different story, but with Bernard walking up to the hospital after the Timothy Center mysteriously burned down, but was like, no, that's too dramatic. So they decided to to do it something fun. And they're like, well, if it's a Bernard mystery, it's got to be something with windows. Yeah. Um. And so the initial idea was writing help on the windows, but then they were like, oh, we'll, we'll rope Wooten into this and make it a Power Boy thing. 
Um, and this yeah. is a genuine great idea. Like oh, it makes it works perfectly. It really does. That first episode hums beautifully. Yeah. And then yeah, and then he was talking about like the idea of adding the scam involving illegal workers came about because of some research he'd done about the modern slave trade. Mm-hmm. Um, tricking innocent people into working and living in below standard conditions while intimidating and blackmailing them happens all over the world, including the United States. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Oh, yeah. I mean, it blows. But, like, I love that McCusker is, like, it's an active choice to be like, yes, and, like, that's something I'm going to tackle in a mm-hmm. chi- in a children's show. Yeah. And, like, they're... Showing that, like, kind of bad guys can look different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... It's really... When you think about the bad guys that have that been on the show, and we've covered a lot of them, there's a lot of evil villain types where it's like clearly they're out for their own intentions. Whereas this is like deeply entrenched in politics. Like the the police are turning a blind eye to this because of how much, um, you know, uh, economic value this company has. Like they they do a really good job of being like, yeah, these things that look pretty okay on the outside man you know there's a lot more to them and that is the harsh harsh reality that i think uh people face more and more of is just kind of seeing that you know there's more there's more rope to be pulled if that makes sense where it's like okay you eat a mcdonald's burger and it tastes good and great and if you move on with your day and you don't think about it then that's fine but then you wonder like okay so what are the quality of these ingredients? What are co- the quality, you know, are the employees that are preparing it being treated fairly? Are the employees that are preparing the meat itself and the factories being treated well? Like, right. you know, this what has you're, a what chain you're of production. explaining is the movie Fast Food Nation that I plugged last week. Oh, you did? Yeah. That's right. And I haven't seen it. I need to. Yeah. Uh, but yes, uh... The fact that you use McDonald's as your example is very funny because that is literally about a burger joint, like nationwide. It's a fictionalized burger joint in the okay. movie, but but about yeah, the whole way down how bad this business is and kind of the juxtaposition of the people who are doing this work versus the people who are profiting from this. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways. Uh, not not for the faint of heart, probably not for most listeners, but uh, if you're interested, worth the watch. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, yeah, I don't I don't know that I have anything else to say. Um, I do think, I mean, 13 years has passed, so probably not. But like, I would love to see, I would love to see Joseph show up for an episode. Yeah, I know he's a great character. He's he's good in this. He and Wooten are good, have like a good relationship. Cooper Green is seemingly available as an actor. I mean, his yeah. sister is on the show. So, like, I feel like Who's someone can make that happen. His sister, we talked about this last episode. Yeah. His sister, Gatlin Green, plays maybe Priscilla. Now I got to look it up. His sister, Gatlin, plays. Yeah, plays Priscilla. Well I done. Shouldn't have second guessed myself, but, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I would, I would enjoy seeing, I would enjoy seeing Joseph brought back. Um, yeah. Even it's... in just like, uh, maybe, maybe an OA club exclusive or something just like, I don't know. I like, I would love that, that acknowledgement of, of continuity. Mm-hmm. Um, but also if not, whatever, like it's not, I should listen to the young wit stuff. There's just one Young Wit episode. Yeah. And then there's a bunch of Young Wit books. Oh, there's a bunch of them? Yeah, I forget how many are out. But yes, there's like Dang. a full book series. There's like three ongoing book series right now. There's the Blackard stuff. Mm-hmm. There's Young, Young Wit. Wit. And there's the Imagination Station. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe someday we can figure out how to cover a book reasonably. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah. Until then... Um, we're just going to keep doing doing what we're, what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, you got anything to plug, Andrew? Yeah. No. So, uh, so yeah. part two of my conversation with Dylan, um, we're covering the second three playlists of his six playlist series that we talked about last episode, obviously. 
um yeah it's really great um hopefully you guys like it if so uh let me know however you wish to um yeah twitter instagram doesn't matter yeah email um but yeah it, it was a lot of fun it was really fun to record with you and yeah hopefully i can record some other episodes for that show as well in the future hmm. anything for you i don't have i don't have any uh any plug stuff at the moment um going f- uh yeah so so talking about kind of where where we're headed we've got a bunch of things in the works we've got some guest episodes and we've got uh some thoughts on what we're gonna do kind of come fall as far as like covering more of an arc or something like that kind of we'll we'll see what uh what happens and 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 keep you posted Mm -hmm. um so uh yeah and then regarding next week uh we have a very an episode i'm very excited about we have a a guest that is near and dear to my heart uh coming on to talk about the chosen one part one um so that should be super fun um are we gonna save the guest's name i don't we never have in the past i don't think we always just say we have a guest oh okay special guest you don't know yeah suspense i I didn't realize that that was a thing we did i i mean i yeah it's not like it's a secret but also like eh, why say it that's fair um anyways so we will see you in a week um talking about the chosen one with the guest and uh yeah tune in for that have a good one uh bye guys bye Wadfam Chalk Pod is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast Co-op. This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at Wadfam Chalk Pod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at wadfamchalkpod at gmail.com. The Other Side of the Glass Part 3 was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sabo and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wad Fam Chalk Pod.